Welcome to the Reimagine Mission podcast, brought to you by the Microchurch Network, an initiative of the Baptist Union of Victoria. With our host, Andrew Hill, we aim to share stories of new missional possibilities and raise the value of missional imagination. Our guests are pastors, practitioners, and missional thinkers whose stories and theological reflections will challenge, encourage, and equip you to explore missional possibilities in your neighbourhood. Gary Rucci, welcome to the Reimagined Mission podcast. Great to have you with us today. It's great to be here, Andrew. Thank you for inviting me on. Hey, Gary, we've known each other for a little while now. We connected through um, uh, the 5Q learning community. And and Gary, as you as we sort of connected, one of the things that I learnt about you was that you're you're pastoring a church up in Brisbane, but there's been some mm. some movement. So maybe maybe introduce yourself. I I know where you are, but it'd be great for our listeners to hear maybe directly from you as to where you are, maybe some of your background, and um, you know where you've come to, maybe even at River City, uh, and how'd you come to be at River City Church in in Brisbane. Love to. Um, I'll try and give you the this, this, the strongly edited version of that. Um, <laughs> so my background, myself and Nikki, been married 35 years, um, became Christians exactly the same time uh, in a Assemblies of God church up in Townsville uh, under a well-known leader called David Cartledge. And uh, then I guess, uh, long story short, over the next 23 years, 25 years, um, was always in Assemblies of God. And had the privilege of serving in mega churches. Um, mentioned a couple: uh, Paradise back then, Paradise in Adelaide. We served there for a while. Wow. Edge Church in Adelaide served there for a while. Um, when we moved from there, it was a Church of Five Thousand. So our background is predominantly mega church uh, modelling. Yeah. And then, uh, through a series of circumstances, found ourselves in an in-between space and wondering as to what the next step was for our lives beyond uh, serving within uh, teams, uh, running megachurches, and found ourselves invited to the UK, uh, again, edited version, served for five years on the national executive of the Assemblies mm-hmm. of God in Great Britain, yeah. which is the same as Australian Christian churches here, same denomination, Assemblies of God, but they obviously contextually they're a little bit different yeah. um, because of uh, the nuances of the British culture. Um and did that for about just over five years. And then when we came into our 50s, had this sense that God wanted us to look at leading a church that would plant churches, wow. a church that would be committed to discipleship and to reaching its city or its region. And through a series of phone calls and circumstances, the door opened for us to return back to our home city, yep. Brisbane. I was born here. Nikki grew up here. Um, and... Uh, it blended us with the church that we're at now called River City Family Church, which is part of the Apostolic Churches of Australia, which are now known as Acts Global Churches Australia. And uh, so we arrived back here to lead this church uh, in January 2016. And uh, so we've been, this is our sixth year now of serving with that church. It's located in the northwest of Brisbane in a suburb called The Gap. And I guess if you were to describe it, it is... A, a typical, uh, well, it was a typical medium-sized um, Pentecostal church. Yeah. Uh, pretty much, I would say, more on the conservative side of Pentecostalism. Okay. Um, and that's pretty much who we are. Wow. 
That's good. So, so is it still, um, you know, a more conservative Pentecostal-like, you know, church? So as someone walking in from the outside, is that the way they describe it now, or have you have you now been trying to transition it? What do you? What's the vision? What are you trying to do? Are, are you trying to maintain that, or are you trying to go somewhere else? Trying to go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, the vision. I remember looking back in the notes to a vision message that I gave in August 2016. So I, I felt that, I mean, you might say, well, a, that's a strange time of the year to cast a vision. Uh, we just gave ourselves six months to settle into the life of the church and get to know the people and yeah. see and try to discern what God was saying and doing with this group of people. And I looked back at those notes just recently and uh, underlined and highlighted in the middle of the notes is what I see. And when I, I wrote these words, I don't see River City Family Church. Nikki and I see River City Family of Churches. Wow. Um, so right back, so right back then, we we cast a vision that we wanted to not just be one church in one building in one locality, meeting at one time, and like everyone else on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, that was not our long term vision, and that's not why we came all the way back from the UK to assume that role. We always said that we were, if we led a church, uh, and I use the word led rather than pastor the church, because yeah. to me there, it's not just, it's just, it's not just um, semantics of word usage, um, is that if you pastor a church, then you should pastor the church, but we're leading a vision, not pastoring a church. Yeah. Um, I guess that requires some more unpacking, but we, we, we're leading a vision of a church to not be what I just said before, a typical uh, medium-sized conservative Pentecostal church in one location in that meets once once a week. So what do we want to become? Well, we want to become that family of churches. So what does that look like? And well, that's the journey that we've been on, mm-hmm. trying to discover um, what God was saying to us as a group of people. And, and for those that are listening that are leaders of churches, it's really important that we get this, we don't just discard this idea quickly that, uh, ultimately, the Holy Spirit is the one who's at work in the earth today, and he's the one we must listen to. Regardless of what our theology might be or our pneumatology might be, we understand the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, is is actively at work in the earth today yeah. and in all of our contexts, whatever they might be. And so we celebrate that idea and realise that there's there's not, uh, a, not, a, not a lot will be gained by just comparing with some, what someone else is doing or trying to borrow what they do and insert it into our narrative, yeah. that we have to find God's story for our people, for our region, for our community, for our area, for our city. Yeah. And so that's what we've tried to do, and um, that's the journey that we're on right now, Andrew. So uh, what does that look like? Well, I guess we can unpack that in the rest of this talk. Yeah, that's good. No, that's good. T- talk to me a little bit about you mentioned two things. You mentioned the pastoring of the church and the leadership. Just just give mm. us a small insight into where you see the two landing, where you see the difference. Well, I, yeah, no, it's a great question, Andrew, and I, and I think that, that was underscored and highlighted uh, to us when we did the 5Q course together, where we was a deep dive into Ephesians 4. That's really what the course was about over a period of a year. And um, we learnt in that uh, particular study that 
uh, Christ has gifted his church. Ephesians 4 verse 7 is given his grace to every member of the church, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher, where we get that, that, that acronym APEST from. And I think that it's important that we, we know how God has gifted us and how God and what deposit of grace he's put on all of us as leaders. Um, And uh, I think for myself, I've got to be true to that. Uh, For me to mature as a leader, I need to mature in all five aspects of Christ's ministry given to the body of Christ. He is the ultimate apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. Uh, He has all of them in full measure. Each one of us has been given measures, but he has the fullness of all five in full measure. Therefore, only he is all five and only he gives them out. So I'm going to be true to who I am in that. So my APEST score, if you want to use that language, that's the assessment you do. I'm an A-T-P-E-S. So what does that mean? I'm I'm, I'm, my strength, if you want to use the word strength, is apostle followed by teacher followed by prophet, followed by evangelist, followed by shepherd. So straight away in that, you see if uh, if my primary remit and my primary role is to shepherd the people, other, in other words, pastor the church, yeah. then I am simply going to be operating from a place of strength, not a place of, uh, sorry, from a place of weakness, not a place of strength. strength. Yes. So my, my, my key my, my primary uh, gift is apostle. Therefore, the idea of maintaining a, a posture of sentness of the extension and the expansion of the kingdom of God is something that I'm obsessed about. Yeah. It's something that just comes natural to me. I don't have to work at that. Christ wired me this way, you know. Yeah. Um, what I have to do, therefore, is build a team around me yeah. and acknowledge the, group, the, the wonderful gifts inside the body of Christ in front of me that need to mature and come to the surface and be allowed to express themselves in order that I and we might flow together as a more complete body of Christ um, in our local area. And it's not that we should just be apostolically dominated. It's just that we should be balanced across all five gifts. What the church has done uh, so often through Australia Andrew, and you know this to be true, yeah. is that most churches are led by STs. They're led by the shepherd teacher gifting. And sometimes in isolation to the other three, what yes. we call the apes, you know, yeah, that the apes lead. Where are all the apes, you know, <laughs> the, the apostles, the prophets and evangelists. And um, I guess without going too far into that, um, Ephesians 4 really does advocate for teamwork, yeah. uh, a beautiful diversity in unity. Um, that's clearly the, what's embedded in the narrative of Ephesians 4, and we learned that in that um, 5Q course together. And so when I say um, I don't believe we're called to pass of the church, I'm talking about giving myself to what for me is a weakness, shepherding. Yeah. Why should I, why, why, I mean, for me to be a better apostle, yes, I need to be a better shepherd. Let me say that. Yeah. That is true. That is true. The apostle Paul was that. Right? When you look, read the, the, read the way that he wrote to the Thessalonians, for totally. example, you see he had, he had a shepherd's heart, right? Yeah. I was like a father and a mother among you, right? We, we catch that. I, I'm, I'm convicted by that and I want to grow in that. I understand that. But what I'm also recognising is that there are much better shepherds inside my local assembly yeah. that are much better shepherds than me, all right? My role is to lead, to equip them 
to release them, to find opportunity for them, to celebrate them, and so that we work together as a team. And not just them, it's also the prophets, evangelists, you know, and the other apostles, the other teachers that are. And we're on a journey. That is also just a space that we're journeying in as well, Andrew. We're not there yet. We're not there. But when we do get there, what it looks like, it looks like maturity. Yeah. It looks like a Christ-led church. Does that make sense? It it looks like a Christ-led church rather than a pastor-led church. Right? I feel immense responsibility to see the embedding of all five ministry gifts in the life of the church because I believe then it will edify itself in love. It will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. It will grow as we see in Ephesians 4 verses 12 through 16. And so that's what I mean by leading rather than just pastoring. And I'm, when I say just, that's not the – please – Forgive me, everyone. Oh, Don't yeah. <laughs> ignore the just. I'm not just. I'm not diminishing anything in that. I think you've caught that anyway. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> oh, absolutely. What you're saying is so good, Gary. And and we. And- and I'm sure I speak for those listening that you know we're not going to hear you say just doing this because we know that the just is not a, a, a small part of it. Actually, it's a, it's a massive part of who we are and what we do, and that is part of our role as as uh, as God's people and and leaders within within the church to be able to shepherd and um, but also I think to lead and that that's I think what you what you're getting at. I think the leadership function yeah. maybe we've overlooked a little bit, which is and it sounds like you're you're continually learning. Sounds like you're you know, we talk about making disciples and Jesus calls us to make disciples, which effectively is, you know, to become continual learners. To the the word mm. disciple means learner. And so, you know, mm. if we're learners, it sounds like you're learning, but I think uh, maybe there's more to your learning than obviously just five Q. So who who are you learning from? Who are you learning from in this transitional space for your church? Yeah, it's uh how it's that I think I haven't I haven't met too many pastors over the years, and I use the word pastors as a generic term, mm. um, that don't have a passion to see people come to Christ. Yeah. Okay. They're probably frustrated, more than anything, frustrated they don't see uh, lots of people coming to Christ, right? Or they see some people come to Christ and they quickly fall away. You know, all of that lends itself into, into discipleship methodology. Um, in our deep passion, Andrew, and desire to be a church that is growing and multiplying, what I mean by that, I'm not talking about uh, transferring people to our church from other churches. Yeah. Okay. When I say extending and expanding and multiplying, I'm talking about the extending of the kingdom of God, yeah. which is evidenced by salvations and baptisms, right, of people who are genuinely uh, de-churched, irreligious, uh, non-affiliated people. Yeah. Um, when when my neighbour, who generationally has never attended a church and has very little reference points to Jesus, when he and his wife and kids come to know Christ and uh, are genuinely uh, converted to, not to, to religion, but converted to Christ, yeah. right, and baptised in water, then I have extended the kingdom of God. Not I have, but then we have. Yeah. seeing the extension. I've played a hand with my neighbour in seeing the extension of kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not extended when three people from another local church joined my church. No. Yeah, that's right. right? It just means that the, the, the sheep just moved paddocks, yeah. if you want to use that analogy. But the stats issued by the ABS and by 
NCLS and by McCrindle have not changed, yeah. right? So that's what I mean by that. So our passion, Andrew, going back to your question, our deep passion to want to reach people who are in that, you know, 48% of Australians who are disconnected, have no religious affiliation, yeah. leads us to go and look for people who are doing something different to that. Because from my observation, the more I glean from the traditional uh, attractional models of church, yeah. which this basic, basic posture is come to us, yes. right, then I'm just going to get more of the same, the things that I've been hearing in conferences for 30 years. I have to go outside of that space and be challenged by a group of people who don't share my paradigm, yeah. right? Who my paradigm of church I'm talking about. Yes. Um, and so I found some of those people. I've unearthed a few, and I'm and and the beautiful thing is, as you and I are both finding Andrew, we're finding them here in Australia as well now. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'll just mention one, just yeah. in in passing. That the the guys at Tampa Underground mm-hmm. in Orlando, Florida. Um, have been immensely helpful to myself and Nikki and shifting in our mind the pendulum so far this way to help us then find where we can move from here toward that. We don't want to become them. Let me just underscore this. We we should never endeavour to just become someone else, right? We are all totally unique in God and our contexts are are totally unique. Look, Andrew, let me explain that. In In our suburb, the gap where the church is, mm-hmm. where our church building is, not where the church is, where the church building is, yeah. right? Um, we are one of five churches and we coexist in a 400 meter radius. Wow. Let me say that again 400 meter radius exists five churches from five different denominations that's, and we're all friends. That's incredible. Okay. Catholic, Anglican, Uniting, Baptist, and Pentecostal ex global churches Australia, which is us, yeah. right? And there was a Presbyterian church, um, but um, it moved, it, it moved, uh, it closed down in 2014 or 2015 before we arrived back. Mm. So there is there is scope for us all to coexist mm. and bring different. What well, I love, I love the word mosaic. The, the diversity, the mosaic nature of the kingdom of God, the manifold grace of God, the manifold expressions of the kingdom of God. And we can all serve together. Our church doesn't suit everybody. Yeah. And so, but the more we have this posture that you all need to come to us, then um, I believe it's it's not working. We've had we've got more than 200 years of history in Australia now to demonstrate where we are right now. Yeah. Christianity is in decline. It's not increasing. It's in decline. Yeah. Every Every ABS survey census result has demonstrated that since 2005. Yep. That is the truth. We have to admit that uh, since 19 since 1950. So we're now seventh decade of decline. Yeah. Right. Wow. In 1950, 44% of Australians went to church. Yeah. In 1950, we've been in decline since 1950. Um, so those models aren't working. And uh, so I'll part. I'll just I'll stop with this train of thought by saying this, because I think it, it may open up to other things that you want to talk about, yeah. that I do believe that um, we have to do two things. We have to, A, celebrate meta church and not and, 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 and stop this, this per- perpetuating that mega is the only benchmark for success. I am not anti-mega church. I want the listeners to know that. Yeah. I am not anti-mega church. No. But I am saying, this that mega church is not the only benchmark for success that's yeah. the first thing I, I believe that 
it needs to be a multifaceted church. Yep. And we will never, this brings my second point, we will never ever change that paradigm unless we say this, small is valid. Yeah, yeah. I didn't say small is better. No. The church enthusiast may be, <laughs> may be more courageous than me in saying small is better. Okay, yep. I get that. But I would say, I wouldn't say that. I would say small is valid. Yes. Right? And small can be successful in the eyes of God as well. So I'll just park it there. So oh, what we have good. tried to do, given our megachurch background, given our megachurch background, and that is the primary lens that we look through before going to the UK, the UK really helped myself and Nikki see other models of church yeah. and to celebrate yeah. other models of church, which I think God in his wisdom was preparing preparing us for our future. Yeah. Um, we, we have now learned that for us, anyway, for us moving forward, that we will celebrate and instigate and plant smaller models of church out yeah. from our main our main church body. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So when you when you talk about uh, the the things that you're learning from from the underground, what are what what would be those main things? Yeah, I mean. Temp Underground would be very helpful. They're not the only people who have helped us on this, by the way. I need to maybe mention Alan Hirsch. Mm -hmm. uh, I think his book, The Forgotten Ways, is a must-read for every leader, yeah. uh, especially the second edition, the second revised and longer edition of The Forgotten Ways. Uh -huh. um, very helpful. What has helped me understand, Andrew, is they talk about uh, minimal ecclesiology, or okay. a minimum ecclesiology. Yeah. And uh, that's very helpful to understand what a church is. When you when you when you break it all down, what really is a church scripturally? Um, and uh, Tampa Underground, uh, Jeremy and Jessica Stevens and and Lucas and Brian Sanders have formulated, uh, I guess the word formulated or at least documented, yeah. uh, very helpful for other church leaders what they mean by uh, minimum ecclesiology. Uh -huh. uh, Alan Hirsch talks about the same thing in his book, Forgotten Ways, and it's a little bit different. They're a bit nuanced in the two, but that's really helped us uh, understand uh, what a church is. And I guess what you do when you look at that, Andrew, you realise very quickly that the missing piece for so many churches is discipleship and mission. Yes. It really is. It's the missing piece. I think we've got the whole idea of worshipping God. Um I think I think a lot of churches understand that worshiping God is more than singing songs, yep. right? Yep. So we, I think we've moved past that for most people. Yeah. Um, and I think that people um, uh, have understood that about Jesus being Lord of your life, and I think even the idea of the secular sacred paradigm being broken down—that everything is spiritual, that God's involved in every aspect of life. I think we've the dualism. I think we've dealt with a lot of that idea. Yeah. But this idea that each one of us is sent into the world, that each one of us is on mission, that each one of us is meant to be a disciple, which is one of the hallmarks of a disciple, they make disciples. Yes. Um, so to me, the minimum ecclesiology doesn't let you off the hook on that. And if you ha hang around with them, with anyone that's in microchurch uh, practitioner, yep. as a microchurch practitioner, it's embedded in them. This idea of in incarnationality, right? That I'm incarnated. I am. I'm the living epistle. 
I am the only Bible that people are reading. It's me. It's I can't just default. I can't just. It's not about inviting people to a church to hear an evangelist. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, yeah. it's not about that. It's, yeah. So I'm 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 bringing Jesus. I'm incarnating Christ. I'm the light of the world. I'm the salt of the earth. Right. And I'm bringing Christ to my workplace. Um, uh, that's that's got to be love your neighbour. You know, it, yeah. love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I think most of us have been on a lifetime lying journey, try, a lifelong journey of trying to get that right. And I think we've we would feel most of us that we love the Lord with all of our heart, right? right? But then Jesus said, "But there's another one: love your neighbour as yourself." And I would just say to the listeners, "How are you going with that?" Yeah, right? that's good. Because good challenge. Most of us, most of us are not doing too good with the love your neighbour idea. Yeah, uh, and and neighbour. In, in Hebrew, in, in, in Jewish thinking, is not only just your neighbour living next door, it's to do also with the stranger. Yes. And uh, the sojourner, you know, that's very, very clear in Scripture because it's connected to the Levitical thoughts as well. So, Absolutely. yeah, I'm very challenged by that. I, I remain challenged by that. And really what provoked me again, that's what I need to say, I've always been one who's been passionate about reaching the lost and mobilising people to do the same. Yeah. But I have been freshly provoked, if I can use that sort of phraseology. Yeah. I have been provoked again by by the guys uh, that are practicing this incarnational methodology, micro church methodology. Again, that it really comes back to me that I need to be a Christ like disciple. Therefore, in character and in actions, in words and in deeds, I'm meant to be like Christ. Yeah. So if I read the scriptures and I see what he did, uh, he was forever bringing the kingdom of God to people who did not know yeah. who God was. Yeah, that's so, good. Yeah. That's really good. For more information and resources around reimagining mission in your neighbourhood, visit the Baptist Union of Victoria's website, www.buv.com.au or to find out more about the Microchurch Network, visit microchurch.com.au. And remember to like or follow the Reimagined Mission podcast on Facebook and Instagram.